On today's episode of More Important Issues, we talk about the Vols' close win over the over Vandy. We preview the West Virginia game this Saturday. We talk some Tennessee athletics news. We have Vols in the NFL with the NFL playoffs. Today's segments are Jumbotron and Stupidity is an Epidemic. More Important Issues is brought to you by MyBookie. The NFL playoffs are here, and they're almost gone, and it is time to get in on the action with MyBookie. Don't be that guy with no rooting interest as your relatives or friends sit around watching the game. Not this year when the 53rd Super Bowl is around the corner. It really is the most wonderful time of the year. Make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service, and they offer the craziest prop bets. Guys, check out MyBookie. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out for yourself. If you join now, MyBookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for this season. Use promo code ISSUE. That's promo code ISSUE, I-S-S-U-E, when you deposit to activate the offer. Head on over to MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Rid it, dit to do, and welcome into more important issues. It is Wednesday, January 23rd. The Vols have maintained the number one status after barely hanging on. I guess really kind of coming back against Vanderbilt. They were down for the longest, not the longest time, what felt like the longest time. Um, if I'm going to be honest with you guys, I thought I was going to have to come in here and give you an angry podcast. Um, I skipped, yeah, I was not looking forward to it. I skipped over it. I'm Caleb Mitchell. The vo- the other voice you just heard is Landon Raby. I'm pumped up now. Yeah. But I was fully, I was fully prepared to come in here angry and just give you give the podcast hell. Yeah. Um, not the prettiest game by it. We thought maybe we saw our ugliest game, um, last Saturday against Alabama. That is not the case guys. Um, and, and it just goes to show when you're that top team, um, especially when you actually get that number one next to you, every team's going to give them their best shot. And honestly, I mean, I don't, I don't think we played incredible, but I really think Vanderbilt's game plan was was really good from the get go. They worked, which I thought it was strange to, from the beginning, um, but they worked the inside uh, with a couple of their bigger guys, uh, Shatu and, and Wetzel. And um, then when they were kind of got us playing inside, they were able to go to the outside and get comfortable from range, three point range, where they heated up. Um, and then, uh, then that second half where they just had us moving all the time. Uh, and the way we play help defense, they were just kind of freeing guys up, whether it be um, in the post or on the outside. They were they were able to free guys up by constantly moving us around, switching uh, switching who we defend. I thought it was a really good game plan. Obviously, um, there's an answer for it, and I think we I think we got better, especially in overtime um, with it. But uh, I was I was impressed with their game plan, and, and you even mentioned that uh, what's his name. Um, is a really good coach, and I, I think he just showed that tonight. Yeah, Drew. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, first off, speaking Tennessee wise, Admiral, we we all I think four shots a lot early in the shot clock. Um, we looked kind of impatient on the offensive end at times. Um, Admiral Schofield, to be you know more exact, uh, several times where I thought he was he was forcing the shot when he didn't need to. Um, but as a team, we were five from twenty from three point. And then 46% from the field isn't terrible. Lower than what we normally shoot, though. Yeah. We also got out-rebounded tonight. Did we? Yeah, we got out-rebounded tonight. Wow. Which is not normal. No. So yeah, it just, And that was the stretch one, too. Their bigs were out. Yeah. It, it just goes to show that, that they were really able to, to work us tonight. And this game is, is not even – it's not even a close game um, if Grant Williams isn't there, who scored uh, almost half of our points. He had 43 points tonight. Uh, was 23 of 23 from the free throw line. Um, just a grown man game from him, uh, player of the year game from him. Yeah, absolutely. Four blocks, 43 points, eight rebounds. I mean, the only thing I that I can point out right now, I'm sure there was other. He had three turnovers, but the only thing, <clears throat> it was the shot to, to force overtime. Yeah. The shot to win. Yeah. Um, but it, we ended up going to overtime was the only thing I can point out that he did that right. wasn't good. Absolutely. And, and apparently seems like that was supposed to be a pass to Schofield, so I don't know if that ball would have went in or not. Right. Definitely would have been a redemption shot <laughs> for Schofield if it had gone in, but um, 
that that wasn't, you know, the ball didn't get there. I thought he should have given a harder initial pump fake and then gone under. Uh, wasn't a very hard pump fake he gave. Didn't really sell it, but it is what it is. We got into overtime, and I thought right as overtime started, we really had the chance to um, pull away, and we uh, we went up by two, forced a turnover, came back down the court, uh, and then I, I think that's when Lamonte tried to throw it into Alexander real early for no reason. Yeah. Um, just a lot of dumb stuff like that. Not necessarily forcing shots early in the clock, just throwing balls in down low that didn't need to be thrown in there at the time. Um, just a lot of very un, very uncharacteristic of this team. Uh, not what they've been doing the whole year. So yeah, it was a very weird game. Like didn't have a lot of turnovers, only eight. Um, Jordan Bone didn't have a single turnover. So I, I thought he played well. He had seven assists, 14 points. Um, so you can't really ask much more of him as your point guard, but – just a weird game. Alexander didn't only had five rebounds. He had three blocks. Um, but Bowden Turner struggled from the field, um, and there wasn't really a lot from anybody else besides Bone and and Grant. No, course. and you could definitely tell the difference when Bone was out of the game. Yeah. Um, it was a game from him that you almost needed a 40, 40 minutes from him, yeah. um, just because no one else was really getting it done. Um, we sh- everyone struggled defending Saban Lee, and he just he played phenomenal. His change of pace when he had the ball in his hand, especially coming off screens, um, was doing really well. His ability to identify mismatches, not just when he was mismatched, but also his teammates, um, was really good tonight. And, and uh, on Sunday, we talked about Matt Ryan and that he did have the ability to, to shoot. He actually only hit two threes. It felt like a lot more. Um, but we did talk about his ability to shoot off the off the bench. Um, but he was four from seven from the field. Uh, we talked about how Neesmith was, was playing really well. Um, he was four for seven from three-point range. We, we talked about on Sunday, though, that we didn't think this would be a good game. And if you just lined up and, uh, you know, man-on-man, we, we should have won by – Double digits. Yeah. And um, Vanderbilt just, I thought, came out, played a really good game, executed a really good game plan, in my opinion, and it took us forever to find an answer. And then when we found an answer, you know, it it showed how much faster Saban Lee, you know, it showed how fast he really was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that was he, – he was a tough – I think – I mean, obviously there were other guys that played well, um, but I think without him tonight – it's a different ballgame because he was the focal point of everything that happened. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was finding open guys in the corner. His ability to just get to the basket, and it made the whole defense collapse on mm-hmm. him, uh, and he was able to find open guys uh, in the corner. Um, I, I thought we had started out great, especially defensively. Yeah. Um, 15-2 to two, um, was the run we went on to start the game, and then after that you're like, what happened? I think they they stopped forcing so much, and they were able to find those open guys when we were collapsing, and that that's what helped them. They they were able to settle in. They were obviously very flustered from mm-hmm. the get go. Uh, I think we were on was that thirteen to two at one yeah. point. Um, I really don't like, like, and we we've done this probably every game, and it's worked some games, <clears> but other games it hasn't. Is when a team hits a three, we have to go down there and shoot another. Three. Yeah, I don't understand that. We have the ability to score on every possession. I think that's very like. That's different from every other team in college basketball. Not a lot of people can go – I mean, there's some, but not a lot that can go down and score every possession. We have that ability. Yeah. And for some reason, I guess we take that for granted. Like you said, we think we need to shoot it every – you know, we, we have to play catch-up almost or yeah, anything. Yeah, trade baskets. Yeah. Um, I mean, tonight, especially late in the second half and overtime, every ball that came down to the offensive court – it needed to go through Grant Williams' hands. At some point, it needed to touch his hands. That's when we scored. Um, very few times, even throughout the whole game, were we going to score without the ball touching Grant Williams. And um, I, I mean, it just shows that he's the go-to guy. And I, I don't know why no one else was able to get going. Bowden never was able to really shoot. I didn't feel like he forced. I really only felt like he forced one shot, and it was a uh, you know. 13 14 footer it wasn't crazy um i just felt like he shot early in the shot clock and he wasn't it wasn't a good look mm-hmm. in terms of defense defense but it was a you know a comfortable shot for him but i don't know why he wasn't able to get going uh just wasn't there tonight i guess it wasn't his night um but he played you know he played well defensively i thought when he was on Saban lee um we looked a little bit better and i think for a while he was guarding Saban lee and they had bone on uh, Matt Ryan, that was able to, you know, we were able to defend the perimeter much, much better. Yeah. Yeah, I think you got to utilize Bowden as your best defender um, and have him guarding the guy who gives you the most trouble. Mm-hmm. Lamonte also defended really, really well tonight. 
Yeah. <clears throat> so it, we have a ton of defenders on this team. Uh, it, we struggled tonight later in the game. But, again, I think that's more credit to Vanderbilt um, than it is us, uh, you know, than it is just showing how poorly we play. I think we didn't play our best game, but I think they just did a lot of things well. And one of those is once they, once they hit one, man, it just caught like fire. Um, at one point, they were over 50% from three. I think they were. I think they were sixty percent from three, and it's hard to win when a team's shooting like that. I mean, there was there was one time that uh, uh, I think it was Neesmith hit a hit a three with it was it was Saban Lee hit a three with Bowden right there, and his hand was in his in his face, you know, inside his face. So and that that's just you're gonna get beat sometimes. And, yeah, and, and the number one team, you're gonna get everybody's best shot. Everybody's gonna play their best game against you. Right. Um, <clears throat> So I think we have to do a better job of defending the three. We also have have to do a better job of uh, avoiding a point guard to get penetration. Mm-hmm. Our um, when other teams screen and the and do the pick and roll, we have no clue what's going on. No, and, and there a was lot- a stretch that whole second half where Vanderbilt did the same exact play, and we had no answer. For yeah, that. a lot of what was killing us is that we were switching off whoever was getting uh, the guy that was screening. And Saban Lee was just too fast, and he would he would drive and be able to kick, or he'd drive and beat him. And that, that's that's why I thought he just did really really well identifying the mismatches. And you know I thought once we got into that zone, we would get more comfortable being able to defend that, just because you can work it. Um, and we still weren't able to. He was he was still being he was still finding guys open in the paint and on the uh, uh, and out on the wing. And like, I mean, you got to take away at least one of those. I mean, right. he was still able to find both. Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it to just kind of see why we didn't get comfortable tonight and defensively. I don't know what it was uh, because, like you said, it was really it was a simple offense. What was making it work was was Saban Lee's ability to to be fast and get to the hole um, and then find guys open. I he played a great game. I can't believe he only had seven assists. I would have assumed he had double digit yeah. assists. Um, and points. I thought he had a lot of more points too. Yeah, I think that maybe like I th- I thought he was in you know chasing Grant Williams, and I think it just felt that way because he was doing all the work for him. Right. He was carrying a ton of the load, and um, but yeah, this is a game that you know we thought Alabama was hopefully kind of a wake up call, and and it was a kind of a positive because you want to see a team that ideally makes a run in late March. Um, that grinds out wins because if you can't grind out wins, you're not you know you're not gonna last long in the tournament. There, there's gonna whether it comes in the round of 62 or the round of 64 or you know the final four. Yeah. At some point, you're gonna have to grind out a win to get there. It, it's not easy. Um, so you know, hopefully we can you know kind of like you said, we're getting everybody's best shot. But you know, you got to be able to play well throughout the week if you want to maintain. And I'm not I'm not saying in a perfect world we maintain this number one status and into the tournament. That's in a perfect world. I don't see it happening. I still see us dropping two or three conference games. Um, but if they can figure it out, especially with their ability to get at these two early ones out of the way, it may be a time that it may be a year that you somehow stay perfect in conference play or drop one to a Kentucky team or something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the takeaway that I have from this game is Tennessee has constantly seen all these replays of that Bruce Pearl team that was ranked number one. Mm-hmm. Went into Vanderbilt Memorial Gym and lost that number one spot. Um, and I'm not saying the teams are, you know, right there with each other. They're totally different teams. But I'm saying that, um, you know, maybe this was a hurdle that Tennessee had to overcome. Yeah, it very well could have been a mental block. Yeah. Very well could have. Uh, you kind of hope that it wouldn't be this way with this team. And it helps that that was 2008, you know, like that was so long ago. That helps. But that's all that's been talked about too. Yeah. So if no one had told this team, they wouldn't have known. I'm yeah, sure. because that that was the only storyline. Because yeah. Vanderbilt has been horrible. Yeah. So that was the only storyline going into this game. It was like, oh, Tennessee could get upset because if if we were ranked number two, nothing yeah. would be said. Right. But since we we got that number one spot right before going into Vanderbilt, that's all that's been talked about. Yeah, so maybe a week early for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. We're still number one. Still number one. Um, one thing, one other thing I want to mention is we talked about Kyle Alexander's ability to defend the rim this year, and from the get go to tonight and throughout the game, um, just has he he has changed his game and become uh, really good at what he does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's not this. He's not a great player. He's not an all star. He's not the number one on a team, but a uh, great role player um, has been has been a good five. He's still, you know. This game wasn't his best game, but he did a lot of things well that helped us out. 
Yeah. Especially because we needed help in the paint. So, um, I don't really think I have anything else for this game other than you grinded out a, a win against, um, I get, I don't really know any, any other way to describe that Vanderbilt team that we just watched other than gritty. Like they just, they were, yeah. they never, like you could, you know, Grant Williams hit several and ones. You went down and you bodied them in the paint and scored. Um, I mean, they, they have nothing to lose. They, they, they lost their, um, best player for the year. And he left the team today. Yeah. So I mean, I th- I think they kind of hit a roadblock when once uh, Darius Garland went down, and you know that's how they found themselves zero and five, and then they pushed the number one team in the country to the limit. Yeah, this definitely could be a, a hurdle. You know, they just got over a hurdle for themselves. A lot of guys that haven't played incredible up to this point um, played well, and and maybe a lot of that is is two of their go to guys or one of their really go to guys in Shatu was out a lot of the game. I mean, he. I'm going to guess he probably only played 30 minutes of regulation because of foul trouble. And besides probably Alabama, I think this is the best SEC team we've seen. That's how they yeah. look like to me. If I, if I didn't know the record, right. that's what they'd look like to me. I would I, I would say the best that we've faced, yeah. I would definitely yeah. agree with that. Um, there's no other team that's played us like them. Um, you know, you had that Arkansas. They were just able to kind of come back in the, in the late uh, – not really come back. Just, we sat back and waited on them. Um, and then, you know, Alabama really just had one guy that attacked us and was able to give us trouble. You know, this game is – I thought it was just Lee until you look at the stat sheet and you're like, he was able to get the ball to everyone and everyone was able to, you know, kind of come in and, and get some, you know, able to be a, be a part of this. And uh, we definitely narrowly escaped it. And, you know, I – Hopefully we can get over this whole grinding time, you know, grinding thing that we've got going on. We 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 go into West Virginia on Saturday, another team that's not been great. Um, no, they're, they're I've got their sorry, they're nine and ten I think on the season. Yeah, they're zero and three in conference play. They, yeah. but they uh, did they beat they beat Kansas right? They are one and one against ranked opponents, and one of their wins is against Kansas. Yeah, they're one and six in conference play. Um, yeah, they're one on one against ranked opponents. Uh, their other win is or loss is Texas Tech. That's ranked. Um, so they're one and five in conference play, right? I've got one and six. One can, and six. Yeah. Okay, yes. Um, yeah, this is a team that's that's not uh, overly impressive. They do probably match up pretty well with us though, because they've got two bigs that can play, um, and they played well against Kansas. Uh, they they got benched a couple games before Kansas against Oklahoma State. I guess uh, was it Huggins? What's it? Bob Huggins? Um, I guess was trying to give him a wake up call. I don't know, but they were able to uh, they were able to come in and give Kansas just a lot of trouble. And Kansas lost what's his name? Azubuki. Yeah. So that that's all that obviously affected that game a little bit. But still, I mean, Kansas is a good team with or without him. Um, and yeah, they, they're like they're like six and zero without him. Yeah. So I mean. So. But that that's a guy that, you know, definitely affected their play and um but yeah, uh Maud and Harris were able to come in and, and really give them trouble. Uh if you look at this West Virginia team as a whole, their losses are very underwhelming. Buffalo, uh, which was their first game, uh Western Kentucky, Florida by ten, which is a common opponent, Rhode Island, um, Texas Tech, Texas, TCU and Baylor. Um, and then our other common opponent is Kansas, who they beat by one uh, at home, I believe. Um, oh, that's all we're going to hear about the rest of this week. Too. Oh, absolutely. That, that's it. Um, and, you know, another thing that I think could come down in this game, if you look at the Tennessee-Vanderbilt game tonight, uh, we shot 90% from the free throw line. That was definitely carried by 100% uh, you know, showing from Grant Williams, and Vanderbilt only shot 61% tonight. Um West Virginia shooting 76% conference play. They're shooting a lot better. They were shooting very, very poorly at the beginning of the year, but from free throw line have been much, much better, which tonight definitely yeah. affected the game. And the field goal percentage is only 42, so I, I don't see us losing to a team that shoots under 50%. No, and, and another good thing about our opponent on Saturday in West Virginia is that Bob Huggins has been messing with the lineup a lot. It's not been consistent. Um, like I said, Ahmad and Harris sat out that Oklahoma State game, um, and then ever since – then it's been really just it's been changed up. Um, it's never been the same five uh, in the last couple games. 
Um, an, another good guy that that I, I liked watching play. Um, I watched their Baylor game and then a little bit of that Kansas game, a lot of mainly highlights of the Kansas game. But James Bolden, um, you know, kind of scary situation here is he reminded me a lot of Saban Lee tonight. Um, really fast, good ball skills, um, and he can create space on the floor. So kind of, you know, kind of got to figure that out before Saturday because West Virginia can come in and look at what Vanderbilt was able to do tonight and try to execute something similar. And they probably got better bigs than uh, Vanderbilt. Um, don't know if they – I don't know if he's quite – and he may just play that way Saturday because we're going to get everybody's best game. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. They're they're not a great team. Neither was Vanderbilt. So it, it, it's going to be a – it's going to be a tough test. I haven't seen them play great team D yet, which is positive the way we move the ball around. Mm-hmm. Um we haven't had a lot either. So. No, we we haven't. <laughs> but um, I, I just I, I this game I was a, I felt a lot better about this West Virginia game before tonight. Yeah. Um, this game tonight's Vanderbilt game changed a lot for me just because I think a lot of our uh, we were you know the vulner the where we're vulner, vulnerable was kind of exposed tonight. Uh, just to see if that gets fixed by Saturday and to see if West Virginia attacks us similarly. Um, is something I'm kind of curious about. Uh, I mean, they've rebounded decently um, throughout conference play. Not anything insane. Um, against Kansas, they only had 28, but they had 48 against Florida. So yeah. it, 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 it definitely can – this is a game, I, again, I think we can win by double digits. Um, and then after tonight, I think if Bob Huggins goes in there and they scout well and they're able to uh, implement a good game plan – I can see this West Virginia team hanging around with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I'm I'm just looking at their schedule right now. They've only played three road games. Okay. Um, and it was they've lost all three of those at Texas, 61-54, at Kansas State, 71-69, and then at TCU, 98-67. Sure. Um, so not great. Not, yeah, no. no. <laughs> um, so that I mean that. We should beat this team. We we are Absolutely. more talented than this team. We're more talented than Vanderbilt tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think we need to get back to what we're good at, and that's getting the ball in the paint and playing defense. Absolutely. And it, I think one thing we really need to – you talked about getting the ball in the paint, and that's definitely a key component. But I want to add on to that and say we need to get the ball in the paint early. Um, mm-hmm. Three-pointers are not our first look, especially when we're talking, uh, you know, early in the ball game, early in the shot clock. If we can get the ball – in early and provide space on the perimeter, that's when we'll start shooting well from three point uh, three yeah. point range. The last two games, I'm trying to look. I don't, I don't know our percentage against Arkansas. I'm trying to look it up. Arkansas was 61 percent from the field uh, or from three. But so Alabama and um, Vanderbilt, the two close games, uh, we weren't able to get in a rhythm from there. So you know, if we especially if we lack shooting, is this West Virginia game close? And I think one one way will. You know, uh, you know, ensure we don't get into that rhythm is is going from there early. And Jordan Bone pulled up and hit it, and that's great. Um, but for you know that that's definitely not the ideal look. And I'm yeah. sure Barnes isn't happy with with that. It was early in the shot clock. Yeah, he had a little bit of space, but it was four feet behind the arc. Um, it definitely was not ideal. Right. This this game on Saturday. I hope we just kind of cement ourselves as the number one team in the nation because you definitely have people going home tonight uh, thinking, oh, wow, that may not be the number one team. And that's unfortunate because we're going to get everybody's best game and we still won. Yeah. So, you know, definitely looking at Saturday, if I'm Tennessee, if I'm Rick Barnes, this is a chance to come in and, and, you know, now everyone's questioning whether you should be number one. And it's a chance to prove everyone but your fans wrong. Yeah. Go in and dominate an out-of-conference team that's a Power 5 team. Go in and dominate them uh, and show why you're there. And, and it starts with getting back to your basketball. I just think we it's tonight we didn't play 40 minutes of Tennessee basketball. Those 30, 35 minutes, whatever you want to say it was, that we I felt like we did play Tennessee basketball, we got the ball into Grant Williams. We moved the ball uh, well. Bohm was able to get off screens and then penetrate and pass. That's when we played really well, and that's what that's what won it for us tonight. Yeah, I think we, like you said, we definitely need to get back to Tennessee basketball and, and get back to what got you here. Yeah, what built this program to where it is, and I think it differentiates ourselves from the rest of the um, 
rest of the of college basketball of um, we can play in the paint, we can rebound, mm-hmm. um, we can get steals, we can get assists, we can hit free throws. You know, we have every bit of what you need to make a run in the tournament. Absolutely. And so, so like you said, you have to submit yourself up there with the top programs in the nation. Um, and I'm not going to be upset if they put Duke ahead of us because this game was close. I mean, will they? Probably, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I hope it's. I hope that's not the case, just because you're number one and you won. Yeah. Obviously, it can't happen because it's humans voting. Um, I don't think it should, but I didn't think we should. I didn't. I didn't think we should have gotten jumped by Michigan. So. Right, you know, it is what it is. I think if you go out and you win on Saturday by double digits, though, a lot of people forget what happened Wednesday night. And, and no Vol fan is going to be upset with this team if they lose their number one ranking after still winning. Right now, if you lose it after a loss, especially to Vanderbilt or <laughs> right. West Virginia, then you know people are going to be a little bit upset about that. But you know, no one's going to shed a tear no. if you lose that number one spot and you keep winning. No, I, I think if you, I do think if you win on Saturday. Um, there's no doubt in my mind you maintain it. You mentioned it, it's possible that Duke jumps us. They had a pretty you know, impressive win on Saturday, but after a pretty disappointing loss on that past Tuesday. Yeah. So a little bit different than our story. Um, so I think if you go win on Saturday, there's, there should be nothing to worry about, especially, you know, obviously West Virginia hadn't been impressive, but you still beat you know, somebody in that Big 12, 12 challenge, which is there for the SEC and Big 12 just to pad their resumes. That, that's in advance. That's the name of the game. Yeah. Uh, that that's what it's and I want to point out, um, Alexander and definitely Admiral Schofield have, have definitely increased their draft stock. Yeah, absolutely. Do, do I think Alexander gets drafted? Probably not. But I think Grant Williams has submitted himself as one of the top players in college basketball um, this se- especially this season, um, and one of the top draft prospects out there. Yeah. I- Grant Williams, what he's been able to do uh, at every game consistently, it, you know, and, and it's not that he's going and scoring thirty points a game, yeah. but he's been able to play his game consistently. Um, and if he can't score, he rebounds, uh, you know, then and he well, makes gets to the free throw, line. yeah, and he and he gets assists, and he goes down on the defensive end and, and does what he needs to do defensively. That right there. You know that that's a lot of what teams look for, and that that doesn't mean he's going to get taken first, first overall because guys that can't score every night or guys that can't create every night aren't going to get you know those number those top lottery picks. So that you know that's not what we're saying, but he's definitely going to be in that draft, and a lot of people have him projected first round right now. Yeah. So I saw one SB Nation had a mock draft that had him twenty second to the Trailblazers. Yeah. So. A uh, team, a team looking for a role player that can can get you points. You know, every other night can average pl- plenty of points for you, can get you rebounds, um, and can make assists from from those four positions. That's Grant Williams. Yeah, and I like the what the announcer said that he's a guy that he's not going to be an NBA superstar, but he's a guy that can go in and do his job for ten to twelve years down yeah. the road. Yeah, I would. That was a and, and he's will he's a guy that can buy into a system and, and put in the work. Right. You know, there, there's no doubt about that whatsoever. Interesting that before we get off Tennessee basketball, interesting that uh, you know Rick Barnes mentioned Kevin Punter in a uh, press conference on Monday, Tuesday, whatever yeah. day that was. Uh, just, I mean, I think a lot of all fans kind of forgot about Kevin Punter just because he was on, he was on a lot of disappointing Tennessee teams. Yeah, um, well, and it was definitely like probably the only bright spot. Yeah, so uh, I guess for him to mention it though, got a lot of all fans uh, reminiscent. Mm-hmm. So to to mention Kevin Punter, um, you think there was any spilling of the popcorn tonight? I, I think there was a lot of spilling of the popcorn tonight because those Vandy fans were getting uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. They're they getting, were blaming on Tennessee fans. Right? Oh no, I think it was us. But because they were getting rowdy, we definitely spilled more popcorn. Definitely, okay. which I'm okay with. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Uh, looking forward, they make brooms for a reason. Exactly. We're just keeping people employed, especially yeah, during exactly. this government shutdown. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> you're very welcome. Uh, looking forward, the Vols on Saturday play West Virginia, come back to Thompson Bowling on the 29th, um, and play a South Carolina team who just beat Auburn at home. Yeah. Or they, sorry, they travel to South Carolina who just beat Auburn at home. Yep. So tough, tough few games here uh, coming up. But again, it's time to prove that you're the best team in the nation. That's what, what you set out to do. If you plan on going to the game on Saturday to see the number one team, I have. Do I have the deal for you? Yep, and I'd like to take a second to tell you about that deal. 
Our new friends from TickSplits, the official ticket provider of the Armchair Media Network. Unlike other ticketing providers that sneak in extra fees and unexplained services at TickSplits, the price you see is the price you pay. Unnecessary fees shouldn't prevent you from seeing the sporting event, concert, or Broadway show of your choosing. Go to TickSplits.com and enter promo code ARMCHAIR at checkout to receive 5% off your tic- your total ticket pri- purchase. That's C-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z dot com. Promo code ARMCHAIR. TickSplits. Guaranteed seats. Guaranteed emotions. Guys, go, go check them out. Yeah, go check them out. Go get those tickets. Get them while they're hot. Um, and avoid all those fees from competitors. Yeah. Don't pay those fees. Don't do it. No reason to. No. Uh, Looking forward at some Tennessee news. Tennessee there's news. really there's really not a whole lot going on around, but there's some stuff going on. What you got for me? Um, first I want to mention Tennessee's baseball field is almost finished. It's getting there. Yeah. And it looks good. It looks a lot better than I thought it was gonna I'm be. very impressed with what they've been able to do considering the weather too. Yeah. Like normally that's gonna halt it's you know, about it'll normally halt them up, but they've been able to work through it and get a lot done. I guess it's you know, they're probably a high-priority client there for whoever's putting it in. Probably. I would say so. And our early enrollees have officially been announced. Um, I know we've kind of had an idea of who was coming and who wasn't. Um, but it's finally been announced. And uh, those are offensive tackle Wanya Morris, linebacker Kravaris Crouch, wide receiver Kamel, Ramel Keaton, safety Jalen McCullough, running back – or all-purpose back, Eric Gray, cornerback Tyus Fields, tight end Jackson Lowe, quarterback Brian Maurer, cornerback Warren Burrell, and offensive tackle Chris Akpirogane. Um, those are the guys who you know are ready to come in and, and do the work. And it's definitely a difficult um, transition, especially in that winter. You're getting thrown into that strength and conditioning program. Yeah. Whereas summer, it's more of just like running and, you know, you get a little bit of lifts here and there, but it's mostly just conditioning. But in the winter, it's weight. It's weights. I'm trying in the weight room, getting I, bigger. I can't imagine going from a high school weight program to this in December. No, I can't imagine it. Um, and I, I did it in the summer. Um, well, I mean, not to this scale, but I, I did go to Carson Newman, and it was definitely it was awful. I wanted to kill myself. Yeah, it's. It can be fun. Uh, I'm sure a lot of these guys, at least weights are being more focused on uh, now, this day and age. But especially like, you know, 10 years ago, I can't imagine what that what that jump was like. Yeah. When, you know, that high school, that wasn't a lot. Especially, And then some of these guys that play three sports that, you know, rarely touch the weight room, you know, summer and then other special occasions. I can't imagine what jumping in there is like. Oh, yeah. Got to be pretty wild. Uh, even when we were in high school, like, I didn't work out at all. No. I think that was more specialized to our high school, not just our high school, but I think yeah. a lot of the better programs are starting to get to weights um, right. and hit the weights hard. But yeah, I think, but I mean, still like the guys that, like get in a weight room yeah. and lift a weight or yeah. something. But the guys that play football, basketball, baseball, football, basketball track, how often are they touching weights? You know, and if they are, you, it's, you know, you're lifting during a season, so you're not really going that hard. It's more just to maintain weight and stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be quite the jump. Quite the jump. And then uh, T. Martin um, received his two-year deal worth 450000 He's getting paid a lot. Yeah, annually. So, so yeah, that's a lot. It's a good deal. I'm sure he's uh, he's fine with it. Yeah. He's, he's fine. I'd be fine with it. Absolutely. I'd be fine with half of it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But well, I definitely think it's good to get T. Martin back. Yeah. That coming home video Curious, Saturday was awesome. Curious if he's here next year. If not next, you know, I'd, and then after next year, two years. Like, is this somewhere he wants to be a while, or is he just doing this until he gets another job offer? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I hope I hope to keep him. I hope it works out here. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, he's been eating. Yeah, he has been. Him and Jim Cheney go to lunch together. That's for sure. Yeah. Where do you think they go? Where, where do you think their choice is on the strip? They don't go to the strip. They go. They eat better than that. Uh, but I'm sure Sweet Peas. I know Pea, Jim Cheney isn't above the strip. That man eats. <laughs> I'm sure Sweet Peas is an option. Um, I bet they know where Stock and Barrel is. I where, bet they do, and they probably get a double order. Do you fries. think it was up to Rick Barnes to put a black horse down here, down like down? Oh, down? I'm sure. 
Yeah, he didn't. It was all his doing. I don't know. I feel like that might be a longer drive from his office, though. You think? I don't know. It's probably less trafficy. That's for sure. Sure maybe he, during the day, maybe he might just drive a golf cart. <laughs> probably he may do that. Yeah, he may just Uber there. Yeah, I don't know. That's a it's a good question. Let's go in and ask Black. Do, you think that DGB maybe? I don't know. There's not enough food on a DGB play for a big Jim Cheney. There's not enough, not enough food. I mean, I, I, the first Friday and gets like I bet he extra. Know, I bet he knows where to get good food. We need to ask him. Uh, if I ever see him, I'll just, ask him. Hey, what's your best burger in Knoxville? Yellow. Best burger? I don't just just ask him questions like that, like because he you know he knows. Oh yeah, like he doesn't have to think about it. He's like, oh, it, they that. might have hired somebody like from like the nutrition team to just like fill his needs. Yeah, that's possible. Just like cook him whatever he wants. What's like it, he's his own personal chef. What's it called at a hotel when they tell you where to go? Michael Scott thought that meant like a prostitute. Concierge. Concierge. He has his like own concierge. <laughs> where, yeah. He has like his own concierge to like tell him where to yeah. go. Where, where do I go to eat tonight? You're going to Copper Cellar. You're going to Copper Cellar because it's five dollar burger, not big dog. <laughs> I could see him there too. You know he'd be there eating t- at least three burgers. Yeah. He'd be like fifteen dollars. Heck yeah. Three that burgers. Man drinks Mountain Light too. You know he used to eat cheap. Like no man can get that fat eating expensive. You think he drinks Mountain Light? No, he's got to eat something like or drink something dark that. Bullshit up. Mm, he's a dark guy. Yeah, he's, he's I just got feel to. like he's like redneck. That may, that may be true. Maybe true. I don't know. He likes to cut back where he can. <laughs> that, that might be it. <laughs> he would be a lot bigger if he wasn't for the mountain lion. Yeah. Thank you, mountain lion, for keeping yeah. Jim Cheney slim. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Uh, looking at the balls in the NFL. Speaking of big guys, balls in the NFL. Balls in the NFL. I actually forgot to look that up. It's all good. There really weren't that many. I think <laughs> it was just. I guess we'll just name who's in the Super Bowl. Uh, Cordell Patterson and, and John, John Kelly. Kelly. That's it. Yep, that's it. So, and but you had, you had Kamara um, play for the Saints. You had uh, Dustin Colquitt play for the Chiefs. Eric Berry played for the Chiefs. I think Khalil McKenzie's on the team. I don't know how much he actually plays, but I don't think he ever there. plays. I only dresses most of the time. He's there. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. That is. Yeah, it is. Um, Eric Berry got worked by Gronk. Let's yeah. let's talk about the Rams and Saints game first, though. Very controversial game uh, because of that last call. I think the Saints really shot themselves in the foot um, going in, in the run game, going away from Kamara. I think uh, that that hurt them a lot. Um, and then they had what a ten zero lead at one point, and weren't able to really maintain that. Their defense just isn't great. Uh, and Terrible. then they had – they weren't even getting ran over by Todd Gurley. It was freaking C.J. Anderson. <laughs> yeah. So, they were about thir- – yeah, wait, 13 at one point. So, they were up 13 at one point, 10 at one point, and then, then the Rams took the lead. Is that right? No, then the Rams were down by three. 13-10-3. So – they were 10-0 going into the fourth, though. So, or te- up, te- up 10 going into the fourth. So, you can't blame this game on the, like, the entire game on the refs. Obviously, it's easy when it's late in the game like that. And it was an absolutely terrible call. You could have called pass interference. You could have called targeting. There were so many things you could have called on that play. And you missed all of it somehow. Yeah, somehow. So, and, and a lot of people were like, you know, let's bring up the, let's bring up how review should work. So, I'm going to give you my opinion on review. Review is the dumbest thing about sports. I hate it. It's, I mean, I get why it's necessary in some parts of it. So here's what I propose. And well, here, here's one reason I hate review. So you hear every football coach from when you were what, five years old to, you know, all the way through high school. And I'm sure in college you heard it. And if you play in the NFL, you've heard it from coaches. They say football is a game of inches. Then why do they only measure spot, spot of the ball when it's a close fourth down? Shouldn't you measure every, or shouldn't you review every spot of the ball? You should. Cause it's a game of inches. Every inch matters, right? That's what I thought what i thought too that's what i was told um so i hate that you can review that i think that's really stupid um i get reviewing touchdowns like cross the plane like stuff like that i get that because that's a little bit more important and um but at the same time like how often is that overturned (laughs) yeah and another thing about review i don't think you should ever be able to slow it down because i feel like if i look at a video for long enough especially in slow mo like if i can slow it down and start and stop it when i want to I feel like I could like make something of it that isn't there, like unreasonable. Yeah. Re- like I feel like I could be like, oh, his knee might be touching, or that 
the Julian Edelman thing, for example, like he doesn't look like he touched it, but like, did it maybe brush his arm? I can't tell. <laughs> I, I think three things sh- should be reviewed, and they all start with a T. Touchdowns, turnovers. turnovers, targeting. I like that. That's I it. like that. And I, you know, to add on to that, I go back into the and that that would have put. I feel like that would have put this call on review. right. And I, I go back to the. I don't think you should be able to slow them down. And I think there should be a play clock on it too. Like you get thirty seconds or a minute or whatever it may be. They shouldn't be able to sit in there for two minutes and go, "Is this a touchdown? Uh, his foot might have drug. Can't really tell." I, I hate that they can sit in there for that long. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, they might be deciding what the spot of the ball is or what the, the time on the clock is because, uh, you know, you got to go back and change stuff. Then that's fine, but they should come out and announce at the minute play clock or 30-second play clock, whatever it is, come out and say, it's a touchdown or it's not a touchdown. Now we have to figure out the spot of the ball and the whatever. Yeah. And that's fine. But obviously the technology in sports, I, I'm not saying it's ruined it by any means. I still watch the games. I'm still going to watch the Super Bowl. I still enjoy football, but I think there's a lot of things that can be fixed about it. Yeah. And I think it starts with eliminating a lot of it. Yeah, and I, I think the overtime sucks too. Overtime rules. So we're going to talk about overtime rules. Do we want to – well, no, that was an overtime game too, but at least both teams touched the ball in that overtime. Yeah, so, so it, it made sense. Yeah, and, and I'm not – and I loved – and this is coming from Patriot fans, but a Patriot fan, but Bill Simmons did say something funny. He said, uh, I'm all for changing the overtime rules, and then I'm all for changing it two years from now when the Patriots benefit from it. <laughs> like, yeah. everyone's just going to be mad when the Patriots finally – like, two years from now, Tom Brady's still going to somehow be playing. A team's going to go down and kick a field goal or go score a touchdown, and then he's going to drive down the field, score a touchdown, two-point conversion, and walk away a winner. Something like that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And uh, But overtime rules, regular season, I hate that it can end in a tie. I think we've talked about this. Um, I'm fine with, you know, doing the – in regular season, doing it how you do it now. If it's touchdown, it's over. Field goal, the other team gets the ball. Um, but I don't think it should end in a tie. I think after that, it should go to college overtime. Yep. So you, eventually, you're going to have a winner. Like very rarely, you're going to go into ten overtimes or I, however I think many. It should be college overtime anyway. I just hate. I hate college overtime. I think it's do so. You? Yeah. I, like it. I mean, I, I think it makes sense. I mean, I, I think it makes sense for trying to get the game over. But like, if you go into like a like a game that matters, a playoff or a national championship game. I would prefer to see another quarter get played, so a 10-minute quarter. Um, similar to kind of how hockey does it. So hockey regular season, when the game ends, it's immediately a penalty shootout. But in playoffs, it's immediately um, like extra time. it's extra time over and over until someone wins. Like you could play a whole other game until it ends. And I don't know if I'm saying you should play a whole other game, but I think in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl, you should at least play another 10-minute quarter or something like that. A simulated quarter that's both teams touch the ball. Defenses have to make multiple plays. Offenses have to make multiple plays, whatever it may be. And, I mean, that's times when fatigue is going to definitely set in. Depth of your team is definitely going to set in. But that's also kind of part of the sport. Yeah. So, I, I just – I don't th- – I'm not necessarily – it's not necessarily the part of do I think a team – both teams should have an opportunity to touch the ball. My problem with it is I feel like – it should be more like real football. That's what my that's my problem with college overtime. It doesn't feel real to me. It you know it's like crammed in football. That that's my only knock. I mean, I think it's better than the NFL. I, I do not like the NFL overtime ending if a team scores a touchdown. I do not like that. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, like you look at this instance, Patrick Mahomes gonna be the MVP. Should be the yeah. MVP, and doesn't even get a chance to doesn't even get the opportunity to. To touch the football right. in overtime. Right. And, real, you know, realistically, another thing that I think could be improved if you just said we're going to play a 10-minute quarter, and this is usually not possible, but if New England's able to hang on to the ball for 10 minutes, go down the field and kick a field goal, it's over. And, yeah, you know, the Chiefs never got the opportunity to touch the ball, but at least New England had to, you know, do more than just drive down the field. They had to stall and, you know, they had to make down – you know, they had to make plays that – where they had to run four downs uh, at a time. But I don't know. I definitely think they could be – the playoff rules could be worked on. Um, I definitely think – I don't know. Maybe you could play a quarter and then the second quarter and over or in playoffs, then maybe it's sudden death after that. I don't know. I definitely think – my thing behind it is I don't 
necessarily, and I'm not necessarily saying both teams should have the opportunity to touch the ball. I just feel like it needs to get more realistic. And when it gets more realistic, both teams are probably going to have the opportunity to touch the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just think like you flipped a coin, right. and you know both offenses are good in this game. So basically, whoever yeah. got that was probably going to win. Right. A lot of your chances in NFL playoffs right now. A lot of your chances rely on a coin flip and the same thing with college too i mean if you play that defense first and you're able to create a turnover or you're able to uh you know just hold them to a field goal you your chances your chances heighten a lot by going on defense first in college yeah um another thing that's kind of determined by a coin flip and um yeah it's very different so uh i mean overall i thought it was an exciting both games were good unfortunately they were you know you could say the Patriot and Chiefs were decided by a coin flip. In some ways, it kind of was. The Patriots still had to go do their their thing. Um, but, yeah, it was in some way decided as a coin flip. But both games, I thought, were really good football games. And the yeah. Chiefs being able to go drop down and drive with, what, 39 seconds left to kick that game-time field goal. Um, the Patriots making that drive with a minute 59 left or whatever it was. I mean, just good offensive football from both of them. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I didn't – I didn't want either of those teams to be in the Super Bowl. I'd rather see the Chiefs and Saints because yeah. I thought they were the two best teams. I would agree. Um, but the Patriots, know. man, they find we talked about this. We've been talking about it since the playoffs started. They find a way every year to get really good in the playoffs. Yeah, they're especially their defense. Their, their defense looks pretty bad all year long. And then you know, I I just saw a stat where they turned in their injury report and nobody on their team is injured. <laughs> like it's I don't know I don't know. I, I still think Bill Belichick is antichrist. Absolutely. Um have no clue what that guy I, I will say this. A lot of people are, are talking about greatest of all time and everything. I will say Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I'll give him that. <laughs> Dude, I think he's the most talented quarterback of all time. Nah. No, I don't. I don't even think Peyton Man's most talented. No, I don't either. Both of their ability, both of Peyton and Tom, what makes both of them great is their ability to break down defenses before the ball snapped. And really, before the defense knows what's going on, yeah, uh, their ability to do that is why they've won so many games and thrown for so many yards, uh, and they've made they've made everyone ab- around them uh, better. And obviously, Tom Brady's had guys around him like Gronkowski. He had Randy Moss for a while, and there's other guys in that roster. Wes Welker was really good with both of them, um, but guys around him that were good wide receivers. But they definitely make guys around them better too. Yeah, you know. Peyton had Reggie Wayne, and you could throw Marvin Harris in that mix, Demarius Thomas, um, a lot of good wide receivers. But then they had guys around them that they made better, and then the guys that were already good were made better with them around. Yeah. So, But, you know, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. I, I do think Tom Brady just finds ways to win. Mm-hmm. And he's won a lot, and you can't deny him that. I do think he fell into a great system with oh, yeah. Bill Belichick. Um, and I love how Michigan, like, claims him. And then I saw somebody the other day tweet, they're like, Michigan turned a, the greatest quarterback of all time into a six-round draft pick. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's it's definitely uh, definitely funny. And Tennessee, but do you, do you every, agree he's the greatest quarterback of all time? He's he's up there for me. I hate to say it, but he's up there for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I do yeah. too. I don't like him one bit. I think he's a cheater. <laughs> um, but what, what he's able to do in the playoffs, um, he's definitely one of the more clutch players of all time. Just – his ability, I love every every time a team plays him and they're in a close game in the fourth quarter, they'll you know score with they'll score to go ahead um, with two minutes left, a minute thirty left, and they go, we just left Tom Brady too much time. Yeah, every team does. Every team says it. Um, yeah, and it's incredible. And even the games that he shouldn't win, you go back to that Super Bowl against Seattle, he goes down and drives, leaves Seattle too much time. Uh, but still wins it because his defense makes an incredible play somehow. And because Seattle called a terrible play. Yeah. So it's interesting for sure. Um, you talk about him, how he fell into a great system. Yeah, Drew Bledsoe wasn't really much. You know, he was playing well with Bill Parcells. They went to a Super Bowl with Bill Parcells. But, um, you know, then I think he was on his way to like an MVP season before he got injured. And then Tom Brady came in and picked up where he left off. So, I mean – could Tom Brady have done this with another coach? Yeah. Definitely helps he's with Bill Belichick. Yeah. Definitely helps. I hate it, but, yeah, Tom Brady's really good. And, and you can – Tony Romo sat there and and pretty much picked that game apart and was just like, they're going to run it up the middle. They're going to throw it to Grant. And, 
you know, Kansas City's coach might have knew that too, but like you said earlier, um, but it doesn't matter. No. Because you have to stop it. You can know where it's right. going, but you got to stop it. And a lot of what Tom Brady does too is he throws the ball away from – he throws guys open almost, especially across the middle, which is frustrating. I'm like, how many times are you going to let Julian freaking Edelman open in the middle? Like, sit a linebacker there. Make him make Tom Brady throw it to the outside a few times. Yeah. Like, make him beat you at least where he doesn't want to beat you necessarily. Yeah. But it is what it is. Like, I think at that point, if I'm going to get beat, it's going to make them – I'm going to make them make throws they don't want to make. Hey, whatever. Let him throw the seam route to Julian Edelman off a pick play three times in a row. What about, speaking of Julian Edelman, what about that freaking punt? I can't believe he didn't touch it. <laughs> it's the craziest I still thing like, I've ever seen. I've seen life. it. See, that's like, again, I see it a hundred times in replay. So I see it the first time. <clears throat> it's in slow motion. I'm like, he didn't touch it. And then I watch it in replay like 85 more times in slow mo. And I'm like, he might have touched it. Yeah. Like, like, I just don't understand how he didn't. So again, like, I feel like I watched that enough times that I talk my, like, the first time I see it, uh, in real time, obviously, we think he touches it. Then we see it, and I don't think they slow it down that much. The first replay, they slow it down, but it's not like inch by inch. And then you go, oh, he didn't touch it. And then they slow it down inch by inch, and I'm like, I feel like he had to touch it. I feel like he had to. Yeah. So, it's yeah, it's incredible that he didn't. He definitely wanted the ball in his hand, and just didn't, it didn't get there. Yeah. So, whatever. Look at the ball. Whatever. Moving on to our segments, we've got our Jumbotron, which this has sparked debate this week. Um, we've had a lot of, you know, what's your, how they worded it, your most, uh, unpopular take on food. And I think we're going to do most unpopular take on food and drinks, right? Yep. Okay. I'll start off. This is food, turkey. And you all have heard my take on turkey when it comes to Thanksgiving, but I just think turkey all the time is terrible. People who go go and get like cold cut turkey meat, my girlfriend is one of them, and I rag on her every time we go to the grocery store. I don't get it. It's terrible. It's dry. It looks disgusting. It smells disgusting. I don't get the craze on turkey. I don't put turkey on my sandwich. I know that. I agree. My first one is sweet tea is gross. And that's what? that's been a lot of that's been a hot debate, but I, <laughs> I think it's disgusting. It's a terrible take. Like literally, every time I drink it, I have to spit it out. Like I cannot swallow sweet tea. I think oh it is God. freaking gross. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, I think it's gross. You grew up on Ray Road, and you think sweet tea is gross? I know it's weird. Like my whole family loves it. Raven loves it, but I hate it. I wouldn't say I love it, but like I I like it. I I prefer like peach tea, like flavored tea, but I like sweet tea. I would. It's not my favorite. Like, I don't craze over it. Like, if I accidentally take a sip of Raven's drink, like, I have to, like, stop the car and, like, spit it out. That's incredible. I will say this. It's incredible what sugar can do to tea because iced tea is ass. Like, really? complete ass. Like, if you don't like sweet tea, I want to see you drink iced tea sometime. What about unsweet tea? No, that's iced tea. Yeah, like, oh, okay. just regular tea. Okay. Like, I want to see you drink that sometime then. No. I'm just Because cu- I'm curious. Like, I know it's ass, but I want to see, like, <laughs> no. if you think sweet tea's ass, I want to know what you, tea no. is to you. I need there, to see it. There's like I can't, I can't even like like as soon as it touches my tongue, it's like instant vomit. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, mine is my other one is sweet potatoes. I've tried sweet potatoes. I've tried to like them because a lot of my family likes them. We used to eat them all the time. I've tried them with like that glazed butter. I've tried them with brown sugar. Terrible. What and about I'm, sweet potato fries? I've never found a sweet potato fry that I like a lot. I've had some that I'm like, you know, that's okay. But I've never had any that I'm like, delicious. Yes, sweet potato fries. I'm not not crazy about them either. This next one you're going to hate. Key lime pie tastes like dirt. Key lime pie is delicious. Wow, it's too sweet to taste like dirt. It's tart. It tastes like ass. Tarty. It's delicious. It's like me just taking a bite of grass. Key lime pie is my favorite key lime pie. Key lime pie is my favorite (laughs) pie. My favorite key lime pie is from Litton's or Chop House. I can't do it, dude. It's it's gross. If I go to a restaurant that like I just had a good meal at, I will ask if they have key lime pie because it's almost assumed that they have good key lime pie if they have good food. I'm, I haven't been wrong yet. I haven't proven wrong. Another good key lime pie. I'm trying to remember the name of the restaurant. I was full, but I was like, it just looks good, so I'm going to get it to go, and I eat it later. What was this, that? This it was in Pigeon Forge. Work, Old Mill restaurant, maybe? Yeah. Maybe. This woman at, at work brought cupcakes. She's like, you want a cupcake? I'm like, yeah, I'll take a cupcake. This key lime pie. Oh, uh, oh, that sounds good. I don't actually. I don't know. I think so, I need it like to have that creamy taste for me. So, I'm like, oh, okay. So she sits there and watches me, 
like take a bite of this thing. And I like I know as soon as it, I see it, I want to throw it away. <laughs> so I take a bite and I'm like, mmm. And I like keep it in my mouth and act like I'm not chewing anymore. Act like I swallowed it. And she like <laughs> walks dedication. She walks away and dude, all of my trash can. Gone. <laughs> and I went to the ba- I went to the bathroom and just like washed my mouth out. That's dedication. Because it was gross. Foo, that's impressive. Um, how do you feel about lemon cookies while we're on the key on pa? No, not a fan. I like I like some lemon cookies. I don't like them all. But uh, a girl at work, again at work, brought us like a, a whole bunch of like a variety of cookies from yeah. some like Insomnia or, or some place like that. Um, and uh, did they hold of, on? Did they have like were they raised in the middle? A little bit. Yeah. Like oh, okay, it didn't almost look like a, another cookie in the middle. Like it was big. So I don't I don't know I didn't try it. Okay. There was just like it was just like a lemony glaze on top of it too. I don't know. There's this place that we all need to go sometime. It's called Moonshine Cookies. It's out off Kingston Pike. Freaking delicious. They have a ton of I different think this place varieties. is terrible somewhere. Okay, okay. Um and she brought those and the lemon cookie was the first one I saw. Everything that thing touched, I did not eat. <laughs> and a guy actually is allergic to um tree nuts. And he had a cookie. It just looked like a sugar cookie. Yeah. He ate it and was just like, he's like, try a little bit of this. He's like, tell me what it tastes like. I was like, that's banana nut. Why would you, <laughs> if you know you're allergic to a nut, why in the world would you put a cookie that you were unsure of? He, in your, he like, it literally just looked like a sugar cookie. Yeah, but like, would you not like, you know, break it open and double check? I don't know. But like, immediately gets up. Goes to his car and drives to Food Line to get some uh, Benadryl. Benadryl, yeah. Yeah, if I'm allergic to stuff like that, I'm like double checking. Especially like allergic enough that you know you need to go get Benadryl well, like he, immediately. He saw one and it, it had pecans in it. I love that he went to Food Line, by the way. That is the only Food Line I know that still exists. Yeah, exactly. I know exactly I know. what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so it, anything that the pecan cookie touched, didn't touch oh, it. But just like, okay, this one looks just sugar cookie. Yeah. He's like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious is it does this girl work with you all and she so she probably it, so it's a different girl okay but did she but did this girl work with y'all like closely she, she like not closely she okay. just like she's like every time I come on this road y'all always talk to me for a okay, long time okay. she's like I just like y'all's presence if it's so like he, someone in your department like they should know everyone's allergies before you break oh some. as okay. soon as he came back he was like do not tell her that <laughs> <laughs> that's funny uh, my last one is anything diet 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 uh, soda Diet tea, anything diet, immediately turn off. Like, disgusting. What about diet tea? Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> Worse. Um, but, like, I've had people bring, accidentally bring me diet drinks. Like, they go and pick up drinks at the store, and they're accidentally diet. And I feel really bad, but I can't drink them. They're gross. They're disgusting. Yeah. I like, and diet, I will give Diet Coke this. If you need that fix of Coke, the first sip tastes like Coke. But somehow the second one incredibly tastes the exact opposite of Coke. It's yeah. ass. Terrible. I don't get it. What about Coke Zero? I'm not tell you my Coke Zero story. I'm not. So we went and took my brother. This was 2006, seven. Whenever Coke Zero came out, we took my brother to the Peyton Manning Passing Academy, and you have to wait in this huge line to register. We're like pretty much in the back. It's hot Louisiana summer. And there's like this big Coke Zero promo. They're handing out Coke Zero. I'm like, oh, thank God, a Coke. The worst thing. It was it was worse then than it is now. The worst Coke I've ever had in my entire life. So you don't drink them? No. I've, I've had a few like here and there, but no, yeah. I, don't, I don't drink them. Hmm. Terrible. What about a mixer? Could you use them as a mixer? Yeah, I've used Diet Coke as a mixer before because... That's all that was there. It, and it pretty much like... Coke tastes so much different because it pretty much like flattens immediately when you pour alcohol in it somehow. I don't understand that science either. Yeah. It's incredible. So what? What's your? Was that your? That was my third. Diet. Anything diet. Okay. Diet. Most more specifically, diet coke and diet Dr Pepper. Okay. Uh, mine is uh, people drink coffee because it's trendy. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's like, there's no need to drink like cups and cups. If they have one in the morning, okay. But if you have just cups and cups all throughout the day, I'm just like. Why? I do know people who just legitimately enjoy coffee, which is so weird to me. Yeah. Because like, I'm like, I drink it, you know, if I need to stay awake on a road trip or like you said, like in the morning, sometimes wake up, I'm up early. But yeah, like I don't understand people who can go and drink coffee at noon. I don't get that. No. It's incredible. It doesn't sound appealing to me. It's yeah. Like I'm not a big hot drink person. So that's even more impressive to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I rarely drink it. 
And you know what's got, I don't know, you probably don't like the taste of coffee, but I don't like hot drinks, but iced coffee has really done it for me lately. I like I like frozen coffee. Okay. But I like I don't go and spend five dollars on right. a cup of coffee. Right. Like that doesn't I'm worried I might have that Starbucks coming in, in South Knoxville. Are you nervous I'm, about it? Well, I'm just kinda like I've never really drank Starbucks because I've never had one local to me. Um It's very pricey. Yeah, so I'm like I, I I've had a few drinks from there. Nothing that's like been really good for me, but I'm, if I discover something, maybe. I don't know. Especially like I'm on love. Yeah, and again, I drink iced coffee, which is usually more expensive. So, but Sono's got a really good iced coffee that I like a lot. So, Sono Market. Yeah, I've never been there yet. Really, Maybe. I eat there quite a bit. Yeah. I like to go there, and if I have something to do on my computer, just sit and eat and drink coffee if I need to. So, it's a good place. Shout out to Benji. Um, he always knows what to make as soon as I walk in. It's incredible. Anything else for tonight? Any other segments or stupidity? Mm-hmm. Oh, stupidity. Yeah. Forgot about stupidity. Um, which is incredible because I've got several. Yeah, I do too. Um, so the first one is, do you have eighthmaxim.com? Oh, yeah. I've got a map. Okay. I'll, I'll let you do that on there because i got plenty. <laughs> is it about the Holly thing? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I figured you might have it, so I was just going to ask. Um, e! News. Um, their tweet said, Ariana Grande track list has a song called NASA. Pete Davidson, I think they're ex. I don't think they're a couple anymore. Has a jacket that says NASA. What? What does Wait, that have to do with anything? What happened? Ariana Grande's track list has a song called NASA. Pete oh, Davidson has a jacket that says NASA. Someone's trying to like connect the dots here. Yeah. <laughs> like wh- what? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, that was stupid. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. So I've got uh, Eighth Maxim. He said. Uh, First off, he tweeted this. Holly Warwick is, checkmark, Knox, Tennessee, born and raised. Checkmark, played at Tennessee for Pat. Checkmark, coached Tennessee with Pat. Checkmark, Pat's hand successor. Checkmark, loves Tennessee. Well, he said it like you would say it sarcastically. Loves Tennessee. You can't see my quote marks. Landing can. He gets it. And then this is the result of this stup- stupidly silly argument about our needing to hire recruit more Tennessee people. Enjoy it. Well, first off, I don't think people are saying hire people if they suck just because they're Tennessee. No one's ever said that. Um, and I tweeted back that I said, this is a terrible take because Holly was a very successful assistant coach and she was already a Tennessee person when she was an assistant coach. So at that time it was a successful hire. Um, and I just, you know, I think a lot of people are not giving Holly the respect. And I, here's my take on it. If this was football or men's basketball, maybe firing a coach would do something right now. But it's a non-revenue sport, and they're probably still going to make the tournament. Yeah. Don't fire her. Just wait till the end of the season. If she steps down on her own, so be it. That's her. That that's her call to make. Um, and maybe Philip Former can tell her. You know, tell him. But that's a private conversation that I don't think. I don't. This is just seems off to me. Kind of feels like how we treated Philip Former. And I know Holly hasn't been successful as a head coach, but she's given a ton as an assistant and as a player, I think I added up 37 years of her, like 60, she's 60 years old, like 37 years she spent at the university of Tennessee. Yeah. So kind of something to, I feel like we need to respect her more. And then he threw out our argument. He said, here's a good way to know which assistants can make a successful jump to being a head coach. Only hire head coaches who have proven that they can successfully make the jump. Had they done so Holly, Holly Warlick isn't mentioned. And once a story program isn't in shambles, how would you know someone's made a successful jump to a head coach if they haven't been a head coach yet? Like, you can't hire an assistant who's made that jump if they're an assistant. They would be a head coach already. Yep. So, and if they if they were if they were a head coach at one point and they're an assistant again, they probably weren't successful. <laughs> True. So it's not possible. What you said, impossible. Eight maxim. I usually like this guy's content too. That was terrible though. <laughs> So my next one, I usually like this guy's content, uh, Joe Lenardi. Um, So some guy said, a lot of very good teams at the top of the line. Seems like there isn't that one dominant team like Virginia Nova last year. Joe Lenardi said, Duke, Virginia, Michigan State are separating from the others. I think he left out somebody. I think he did. All we do is win. may not be pretty, but we win. Yeah, hey, <laughs> it can be ugly. She just got to put out. She just right? got to put out. Like Big Chungus. <laughs> Big Chungus, baby. Um, I've got still got a few more. 
this one, if you all haven't been keeping up with the Covington Catholic High School, I'm not going to give you my opinion. That's I don't need to. But uh, someone found a picture of Covington Catholic's basketball team. Someone clearly just hit a three um, because everyone on the team is holding up a three symbol in one way or another. Uh, and at Rick Petrie tweeted, this white supremacist hand sign tells us all that we need to know. They are kids and God willing can learn and grow away from hate. But in a country where the president proudly declares himself a nationalist, uh, i.e. a white supremacist, hate is on the march. We must fight it. Um, Rick, you don't obviously don't watch basketball. Or that, obviously never been to a high school like, basketball game. They're all wearing like basketball jerseys. Like It's very obvious what's going on. Like It's not like you have to wonder, like I wonder if they're at a basketball game. Okay, that was a different one than I saw. I saw another one where they're dressed up. It was a blackout. Oh, okay. And it was a picture of a black guy on the opposite team throwing the ball in, and everybody was yelling behind him. I did see that one. And I'm just like, God, you're taking stuff way out of context. (laughs) Yeah, that one I can, you know, this one I'm just like, there's no way. I don't see how this one could possibly be taken out of context because they're wearing basketball jerseys. Thought everyone in the world kind of understood at least a little bit of basketball, so like enough a, to know that. So apparently that is so an okay sign is apparently I don't, it may be, and apparently it has been proven that. But I've also seen pictures of Colin Kaepernick holding that up, so you have to wonder. <laughs> you have to wonder now. It's kind of weird. You got any more? I don't. That's okay. all I got. I've got one more. Um, Mike France, Francisco, um, Francisco, Francisco. I don't know. He's a radio host. Um, he was upset about the way the refs, um, you know, how they uh, hold their professionalism. And he thought a good example of that was that Todd Gurley and the head ref um, exchanged jerseys with the ref, uh, with each other. And he just thinks that isn't professional. He's referring to that picture um, <laughs> that is clearly photoshopped. <laughs> and he just doesn't, he thinks that's really a, a bad precedent to set for the NFL for players and refs to be exchanging jerseys. He actually said that. That's real on his radio show. Oh my god! Yeah, that that's that's pretty bad. So stupidity is an epidemic. Stupidity is 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 an epidemic. It's it's bad, guys. Um, old people stay off the internet, um, especially my grandmother. Please stay off the internet. Don't share any more of this. Obama's the Antichrist, shared by the conservative Tribune. <laughs> don't don't do that. It's a bad look, um, guys. Vandy is the Antichrist. Bill Belichick is the Antichrist. Yeah. Um, we went to Nashville tonight, and we whooped they whooped they ass. It was it was a close one. It was fun. We'll see. Grant you. whooped. Ass. Yeah, for real. Um, next time we'll see you on Sunday. We'll still be number one. Hopefully, I think so. Yep. And ludicrous. We came for that number one spot, and we're bringing the boat in, and we out.